Hi everyone, welcome to Post Credit Club. My name is Noor and today I have my brother here with me, Abdul. Yo. And today we're going to be talking about the newest Netflix series that's been super popular that just came out last week or the week before. Beeb. It's called Beeb. No, it's not. It's called Beef. Beeb. Beef starring Steven Yun and Ali Wong. This was a bit of a surprise like this wasn't something that we had scheduled to talk about, but then once we watched it, we knew that we had to say something well, about it. You saw it, and then you told me to watch it. That's how it normally goes on this podcast. Not gonna lie, yeah. I watch something, and then I have to be like, "Yo, you gotta watch this." She watched watch like so many things, and I'm like, "Where the hell do you even find out about these?" Like, I'm not a person who's on Twitter or whatever, or like Tumblr or whatever. Like all of these when it comes to TV shows. So when she tells me, "Oh, there's this new TV show," I'm like, "Where do you even hear about these?" Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just I'm an old, old boomer at this point. Oh, yeah. He's like a total hermit. I'm on like the socials, like Twitter and Tumblr and all that kind of stuff. That's why I hear about all these new shows and like people raving about it See, and stuff. I'm, I'm up to date on the things I like to watch, like my franchises and TV shows. I'm up to date on that. Everything else, I'm just like, eh. For me, like I don't mind discovering new shows. And I think as me and my brother we've been saying this over and over again we are in a golden age of television like the, la the last five tv shows i've seen all of them bangers all of them slap so hard exactly so we are gonna that's why we're gonna continue talking about tv shows on the podcast as well while we're waiting for like other cool movies to come out in the meantime um so today yeah we're gonna be talking about beef mm. um i guess so going into the show, I actually heard quite a bit about it. Like there was just a lot of hype surrounding it, like just from reviews and stuff going into it. Um, lots of people saying that it's like one of the best, most fresh shows that you can see. Very interesting concept. And um, the performances for Steven Yeun and Ali Wong were like just totally out of the park. So going into it, I did have very high expectations. And I mean, I knew the premise, which was you have two people who get involved in a road rage incident and then that just sort of keeps escalating and escalating until until complete chaos ensues and as we've oh. seen from the show that's exactly what happens um this will be a spoiler filled review by the way gonna make sure that i say that right off the bat so that i don't forget later on um so why don't we start off with you bro and you let me know did you like this show because you and i only watched like two episodes together and you saw everything else by yourself did we really watch two episodes? Damn, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, we watched episode one and episode eight. We didn't even watch like in order. Yeah. I was I was trying to get it done in time for this review. But basically, um, did I like this show? Long story short, um, I think I did. Uh, the, I think I did. Well, here, here's the thing. Obviously, like opinions are ever changing and all that. So obviously, like I might feel different and time goes on. But right now in this moment, yeah, I I I like it. It's it's weird. Like. I feel like most of these reviews we've been doing, we just talk about things we like. I can't remember the last time we were like, oh, I hate it. But whatever. If a show is good, a show is good. I can't, I can't really hate on that. Yeah, overall, I thought the story was good. Like, the one thing I, um, I, I, I like the most is that this is different from anything we've ever seen. Like, a lot of the times, it's like, when you see things which are like kind of genre or trophy it's like yeah they might be good but you, they, you kind of get combined in terms of what things you can and cannot do because of whatever genre you're doing right here while it does have elements of like even weirdly it has elements not of is it would you call it horror or would you call it like because there's some dark yeah. stuff that does happen in this so it's like 
like it does have those underlying themes and genre like you can tell they're there but it's not restrained to it it's not like oh it's just a drama or it's just a comedy or just a this or just a that right and the fact that it's able to mesh all these different genres in in a way that feels coherent i feel like is really good so overall yeah i i really like the series um i don't know like is it one of the best series of 2023? I can't. Well, obviously, I, I from what I've seen, yes. But to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of TV shows. So and maybe there's other stuff that comes out that's better. But yeah, overall, I think like you mentioned, um, I think the standout uh, things I can mention about this show, two things, actually, three things, four things. Sorry, sorry. It's just, it's just too much. So I like Stephen Young's character, um, Danny, because like, Remember, our two protagonists are um, Ali Wong's character and Stephen Young's character. I like both of their characters because it's like, the, I feel like you could you could have only told this story with those two characters because they're the only two people crazy enough to actually escalate this quote unquote beef up to that next level, right? So I feel like it works. It makes sense that it's these two characters that would have had beef. Nobody, like if you put another random character, you could put any other character in the show. And I think at some point the tension would have diffused, but because it's both of these characters and let's be honest, neither of them are up right in the head basically. So like, because of that, I feel like it fits perfectly with their character and you believe it. Like you believe that these people, they're so down in terms of their mental states that they would actually resort to doing this no matter how, how bad the consequences, no matter how uh, how bad so forth and so on uh the other thing i want to talk about is um some of the, the side characters were great like there's so many i'll get more into it as time goes on but i like the supporting cast a lot of them were interesting there are times where it's like i feel like many shows what they do is like when they cut away from the main characters or the main story and they kind of go to like your b plot and your c plot or whatever a lot of the times i'm just sitting there and i'm like get back to the main thing i came here for quote-unquote the beef right but there were times where it's like i think we didn't even see danny or we didn't see what's her name amy for like so long and yet i didn't mind because i was like i was still invested in what was happening in all the other side characters and seeing what was happening in their journeys particularly like paul and uh some of his things that were going on but yeah wait i'm gonna comment on that real quick it's cool that you picked that up because i saw i think an interview somewhere where the director writer uh, i think his name is lee sung jin mm -hmm. he said that apparently when they were making like especially the first couple episodes i think what they did is they made sure that either steven yun or ali wong like their characters were in every single frame like every single scene yeah. and so that's how we get introduced to our side characters through our main characters so when you finally like diverge just with the side characters alone and their stories or whatever you're like by that point you're already invested in them right so you don't have to worry about not being interested because you are interested and now you're seeing them through like our main characters lens but then also um obviously your own uh, perspective as well yeah where are the chances you think people are going to stop honking now <laughs> after seeing all this like we go from honking to literally a robbery and like the police being called like every 30 seconds on this show like it, it's such an extreme like it like it went and and that was the other thing like i think another thing i could not predict where this show was gonna go like i started off and i was like okay cool road rage incident they have beef but i was like they're gonna squash the beef at some point like everything will be fine eventually right and then as the show unfolds and you see what happens you're just sitting there like wtf basically like if i told like if I, like if someone like with most shows right it's like when you watch it 
you see the start and you're like, okay, I can kind of see where this is going to go, where certain characters might end up, certain plot points might end up, right? But if someone told me just the beginning and end of the show and the, just the start and the end and not the journey that the characters go on, I'd be like, there's no way that this happens. There's no way that this little incident kind of explodes into basically whatever happens at the end of um, episode 10, right? Which, that's a trippy-ass episode. Like, I'm still confused as to what the hell happened in that thing. But, yeah, like, despite it, I, but despite it like, I still ended up um, finding it very intriguing. Like, just even if sometimes I was like, okay, this is an interesting direction they're taking it. So, yeah, uh, as mentioned, the first, our main two leads thought they were great. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. As obnoxious as, uh, uh, the, who's the actor who plays Isaac? yeah okay but <laughs> dude was funny like dude was annoying as hell at first so i was like oh my god i hope he gets away but like at the end he just he just became funny which i guess was kind of the intent of the writers kind of to make him as obnoxious as possible but he's just like a bro he's he's basically a bro who's just like been in and out of prison basically so there's that um where are some of the other stand oh yeah first of all <laughs> steven yun like Obviously, I saw him in Invincible. That that's where I know him from mostly. I saw the voice acting. I didn't really see the actual physical, um, physical aspect of the acting from him. Right. So I was already I already liked what I saw in Invincible. But this year, obviously, I think is way done done way better because obviously, kind of, you get to see him act not just from a voice acting perspective, but in general. So. Steven Yun's career for those of us that have been following, like I've been watching his movies. Oh my god, dude. It's incredible. He's been... Okay, so... So Walking Dead is where most people, I feel like, first know him from. Then he was in a lot of movies, like... um, There's one movie called Sorry to Bother You. He was really cool in that. Um, He was in Nope, remember? Oh, yeah. He was a guy who got... yeah. He was in Nope. Um, He was in... He's been in some, like, Korean-based movies as well, Uh which have been doing really... Which were really good, like Mm -hmm. Burning and Minari. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't think you've seen those ones yet. But they're really good, too, like... His the material that he's been getting for his like roles has been so good. Like it's just a, an upward trajectory, and this is like his newest peak right now. Mm-hmm. Beef. Until we, Invincible season two comes out. Of course, yeah. But <laughs> until then, like he's been doing so well, and so to see him shine in this uh, role and in this show as well, like I I'm not surprised, mm-hmm. but it's it's a delight for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh. And like. At no point did I think his character was um, what his face like. At no point did I ever think that oh I'm not enjoying this main character. I was genuinely interested to see where it goes. And it's like yeah, I th- what I like the most is that it like I, I mean this kind of makes sense, but like it presents these characters as flawed. But it's like and this kind of goes into one of the themes of the whole show, which is like yes they're flawed. Yes they've done some fucked up shit basically both to the both to themselves as well as the people around them right so obviously danny with paul and then um uh, ali with her husband and all that like putting them through what they've been through right but despite that like what i like is that because they're so flawed you despite all that you still as a viewer kind of understand you might not agree with everything that they've done but at least you can understand and be like okay i see why you are the way and i feel like if a story can do that and make you at least sympathize with the characters maybe i don't agree with it but if i sympathize then i know that it's done a good job so there's that oh that uh kind of like going into more of the uh details that one scene where steven yun is what in the church and it's like that dude literally starts crying i'm like damn this actually hits pretty deep because like you, Emmy nomination, well 
okay whatever uh i I don't know but basically yeah that that scene hit for me deep because i'm like here you have a guy who's basically at the bottom of the barrel at this point like he's not doing well financially he's family that's kind of falling apart in terms of relationship with him and paul and all that uh he's yeah like he's not in a good place obviously mentally we see that through the hibachi grills and stuff like that so to see him just let it all out like just have an emotional release of that i'm like a that was like great acting on steven young's part so i was like damn and then b it was like it was one of those things where i was like okay this is i feel like one of those scenes where it's like you kind of prove your acting chops quote unquote and that's that's kind of what happened so there was that some of the so yeah obviously Stephen Young great loved him um kind of talking about Ali Wong's character she god she started it man she's she started it she started if she hadn't have driven or dr- driven right and Stephen Young hadn't have back like I, I he's wrong for having to chase her but she's the one who started it by basically just honking like a damn idiot Spoken like a true sibling, it's always about who started it. Yeah. Never about like the fact that someone can just stop it and stop that cycle of violence she instead of being like, oh, you started it. Oh, my gosh. Hey, hey, she also chose to go and flip the mill finger. So, yeah, like, but she started it. Um, the other thing is some of the side characters, uh, who's Asian Ted Lasso? Um, oh, his wife, his, his wife, his nice wife, her wife. Her husband, um, he's Asian Ted Lasso. Because the reason I say Asian Ted Lasso, because like I just finished watching Ted Lasso, or at least catching up on Ted Lasso, and the dude initially, at least in the first couple episodes, seems so optimistic and stuff. George, George, right? Yeah, like so, just like Ted Lasso, he's optimistic, like constantly optimistic about everything, right? And it's like Ali's kind of perceived as the pessimistic one, which I'm like, is what kind of goes. So that's why I call him Asian Ted Lasso, but. Overall, no, but the thing is, as time goes on, it's not exactly the case. Like, you kind of see that he, he's he been cheating on her. She's been cheating on him. Like, it's all fucked up. Look, everything in this show is fucked up, okay? Like, everybody's doing crazy stuff. Can I talk oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um. First of all, I'm going to say that... Obviously, this is a really, really good show. Lots of people have been saying it's the best show of 2023 so far. So you're right on track with that. I also feel that way as well. That's not 2023, though. That's 2022. Uh, Oh, whatever. Okay. Anyways, I think one of the things that I like about this show so much is that the progression of like chaos or the descent, whatever you want to call it, it's quite... Like you said, when you look at point A to point B, you're like, you're like what the hell? But when you watch the journey, it's natural enough. Or you're like, matters. exactly. So you have to watch the full season. You have to watch what the characters go through mentally and all the stuff that's going on around them. And just like the coincidences or I guess unluckiness that's been going on with them. I genuinely wonder, I genuinely wonder if you showed this show, episode one, someone episode one and then episode 10 directly, what they would think. They'd be confused as hell, especially knowing episode 10 is just them being loopy as hell and getting poisoned and <laughs> high and drug themselves. Which is actually super funny. Like, I like that they got a chance to, first of all, be in a scene together. Because, you know, surprisingly enough, I don't know if you noticed, but for most of the show, um, Danny and Amy, they're not in the same scene. There's very few scenes where they're actually together. But they make it seem like they're in the same scenes together just by how much they're interconnected and how much the writing connects them. 
so when they are when they do get to be together especially in the final episode it's cathartic in some ways because you're like okay yes we get to see a full episode of just them two hanging out and hashing it out and while being super high and then finally coming to some sort of understanding because you can see by the end like they're you know they seem to be on good terms and then you know spoiler alert uh, danny gets shot at by george even though either one of them throws them down a cliff or the other one shoots them and points a gun at them basically which is so absurd but it's so funny and, and that's like the whole tone of the show so like that it works for the show um so yeah i do like how that naturally the daughter the daughter pissed me off i was like what's wrong with you she was so cute she's so annoying man I don't know. He finds a lot of like kids characters annoying. I don't know why. It's like you were you were a kid once too. You were just as annoying. Not that annoying, bro. Dude, when you when the parents are telling you to go in the car because they gotta go to the airport, you think we were going around being like, Nah, I don't want to go. Kids are allowed to be bratty, but she wasn't fat bratty. Like she didn't. Oh my god. Okay. All we're doing here is just like blaming people now. I got Sheesh. beef with her. Yeah, it's clearly you got beef with everybody almost. Um, let's see. What else was there that I loved about the show? I mean, yeah, Stephen Young's acting. What was her name? That one comedian who always shows up on Joe Rogan. Someone Santano, the ginger. Um, Andrew Santano, I think. Uh, he was one of the he was one of the guys who robbed the place. Yeah. Um. Nah, I just like seeing him in there. That, that, that. Um. Yeah. What else did so Ali Wong's character Amy? I liked that, especially in the first few episodes. You see that she's trying to keep up a front, right? Mm-hmm. She keeps trying to convince herself everything is fine. I'm happy. Everything is okay. Well, but you can see that she's already she should, conventionally she should be happy because like a her company's doing well. B she just got a house renovated and stuff. She has a family. Like it's conventionally these things are like okay. Yeah, they should probably make most people happy, right? But you realize that like she's kind of in overhead that too and then just also getting a little bit more context like from her childhood too just knowing that she's always sort of felt like she's not enough and that she's a bad and broken person and that just sort of feeds into like her actions where she's like oh i'm doing i'm a bad person because i do bad things and it's a cycle exactly so i i love the way that they wrote her character and the way that she was able to play that Mm -hmm. with all the subtleties especially when in the first few episodes you can tell that she's like cracking but like her persona is starting to crack no she's not an omelet (laughs) um so i like that but then when she gets to finally sort of just let go for the first time is when she meets steven young which is sort of like a it's sort of like a meet cute in a way except like you're meeting your enemy for the first time right and then she chases after him this is the most effed up way to release your anger i'm just gonna say i know that's what makes the show so fun because the interest premise is so interesting right they find a reason within each other to really piss the other off and get their own revenge and their own catharsis that they've been needing so i love how episode one ends with her realizing that danny basically peed all over their bathroom floor she loses her goddamn mind and starts chasing after him but then at the very end she smiled because she feels like she has a new reason to live again and i love that that's so cool and you understand like all that all it took was that one smile for you to realize she's enjoying this this is how the show is going to be going and this is why they keep getting back at each other because at the end of the day in in some ways they enjoy it and they want to be able to get away with their own actions by blaming it on the other person i didn't know they'd use going to the bathroom as danny's character i didn't know he that would be used as a tool to push the plot forward like three four times i'm like damn that's so true because like the first time obviously like he pisses all over just to get revenge the second time um he wants to use the washroom basically to just point out some repairs to george i think right was that was that was that what it was 
He was planting evidence, so it looks like Amy was the one who burned down that his house. The second time, that was the third time, though. Then I don't remember what happened the second time. Second time, I think he was just browsing, right? Because he wanted to... Oh, um... I forgot what it was, but it, it was something along those lines. Where it's like, George is at home, Amy's not. And then, yeah, they pretty much just go at it. But yeah, like, I've never seen going to the bathroom being used as a as a tool to push the story forward. So, yeah, there was that. Um, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, a couple other things. Uh, what I liked was, oh, the soundtrack. Oh, my God. The soundtrack was, like, banging. Like, I've never heard any of these songs. Banging. Banging. Where did you, where did you hear me say Begging. Um, no one said, oh, it's banging. It's a banger. Yeah, whatever. It, it, yeah, they were, like, all the songs that they chose were bangers, and they were banging. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, no, soundtrack really, really slaps. And I think you even said that, like, you literally actually watched the end yeah, credits like, just so you could listen to the soundtrack. Like, for me, it's like, what I'll do for most shows is, like, I'll when episode one comes on, I'll watch the intro and outro just once, just to see if I see something nifty or something, like, interesting in the title cards or whatever whatever like the intro and the outro right and then after that every single time i'll keep skipping right this show i can like say it's probably one of the few times where a couple of the sh- music or a couple of the songs that they kept on having at the end um whether it was i think there was one smashing pumpkin song i, I think but like basically all the soundtrack or all the songs that they curated or maybe were original i don't know I literally sat there, let the credits roll while listening to music. And I've never, I normally don't do that. So I'm like, the fact that can make me do that, I'm like, yo, this soundtrack slaps. So yeah, soundtrack, I think really underrated. So there's that. Oh, I was going to say something that I liked, but do you want to? Okay. Um, So you and I talked about this off the record as well, but I will say it here as well. Um, A lot of, especially I've seen like a lot of Asian like tv shows and cinema at least like the really good ones always have some sort of like social commentary especially about class Mm -hmm. so i like that here too we do get that commentary it's not as uh what do you call it it's not as overt as you see it in other pieces of media but it's still here because you're looking at someone like danny who's like really struggling to find somebody like find people for his contracting business and then you have someone like at, at Cho service, the chosen ones, Cho yo Cho Bros. <laughs> nah, bro. No, I'm about Cho puns. Bro. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I'm all about puns. So that was so up my alley. I totally, yo. If he was a contractor, I totally would have been calling him just for the title alone. Wait, wait, you think you you think when he calls every time he's gonna be like at Cho service? He's not gonna say it like that. Just the title is funny. Where I'm like, okay, the uh, if the title is that like attention grabbing. Maybe it's gonna be somebody no, like talented enough. But anyways, um, shoot. Now where, where was I going with that? Classism. Yes, classism. Yes, and then you see someone like Amy, who is like you said, she she's rich, she's got everything that she wants, but she's just not happy. And then of course you see more of just like the rich people world, right? Her interactions with people like Jordan was her name. Yeah, yeah, and how like you know they sort of tend to give importance to things like flipping chairs. And like, remember that one scene where they were like sitting in that mushroom, where they were sitting in the, where there was when we first met Jordan, right? And they're sitting in like a Squid Game looking triangle dining area, oh, yeah. and they're giving importance to freaking bubbles and, yeah, exactly. So I like that you are represent like you see these two totally different worlds, and then you have someone like um, Danny who's living like out of a motel or something, pretty yeah. much, right? Well, that's that's kind of I would say my one gripe with this show. It was just like, I mean, it's not even like it's that bad, but I'm like, 
every single time like i look seeing classism and stuff is fine but like i don't want to see maybe i haven't seen enough to be fair but like I just don't want to see the whole class. I've seen it too many times at this point. The rich person's an asshole. The young, the um. Now, granted, you could do tropes in new ways, and yeah, it makes it interesting. I'm just tired of seeing the trope in general, where it's like a lot, like you said, Asia. A lot of Asian media covers classism, right? The rich versus the poor, or whatever, right? And in some ways, this kind of does have underlying tones of it. I kind of, I honestly think it would have been better if Amy. You didn't have to have Amy be like this, like her being rich. I don't know if it actually served the plot as much as it should have. Um, like at the end of the day, the thing, yeah, she has success. She has all the money and stuff. But the thing is that like, she could have been just as easily a middle-class working woman. I don't think the series would have changed. You could have still had them have beef that way. And I've been fine with that. Um, I, I don't know. In some instances, I like that there is that distinction because, um, for example, like remember, um, you you pointed at us pointed this out when we watched episode one too, right? Where um, I hate rich people. What? Oh, no remember when like she she's looking up his uh, license plate. Oh yeah, she's and like, that's readily that's readily available for her. For I don't know. She's rich. Like you don't know what kinds of things rich people have. Who says? Who's who in the right mind says I'm gonna pay a monthly subscription so I can get everybody's license plates like that? I don't know, maybe some security thing or whatever. Like, that's just one, like, tiny example. But I like that because that means, like, she has access to these sorts of resources where she can do all kinds of things. Like, her, um, the way she abuses her power in a way to get back at Danny, that's, like, kind of, like, an underlying thing, right? Whereas Danny doesn't necessarily have money. So the way he gets back at her is sort of, like, thinking, oh, she's a rich bitch, right? Well, she is. Yeah, I know, but he—it's just a cycle once again. Like that's what I like about this. That it's a cycle. It, one thing never ends because one thing feeds into the other person's like you know, reason for raison d'être, as they would call it. Oh, look at you, fancy. Whatever. Um, what was something else that I wanted to? I have a couple of things. There's a lot of other fun things that they got to do, which I thought was really, really. F- I, I have a point. I really. Make, but... Um. Yeah, you might as well make it because I'm still. Yeah. Like, so I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking. So one of the things um, this was mentioned. So I think I mentioned this to you, which was that some. Uh, so the writers of South Park, uh, uh, they basically like they said this a while ago, but they said, and I know it's coming from South Park is where is that sound? But Matt Stone and Matt Stone and Trey Parker, right? The writers of South Park are creators of it. Um, they said the difference between good storytelling and bad storytelling is good storytelling is saying. Because this event happens, it leads to another event. And because this event happens, it leads to something else happening, which is basically what this show is. It's a series of choices which end up influencing. Like, this is one of the few shows where you could be like, I can't really take anything out because every single thing was important or integral to where we end up at the end of the show. Whereas you can't really say that for many shows. Sometimes you could be like, I could take this plot point out or I could take this character out or I could do so forth and so on, right? Every single person who was there for like a substantial amount of time they were there for an actual reason because they helped drive the plot forward. Bad storytelling is when you just say, oh, this happens, then this happens, then this happens with no correlation or no, um, uh, um, what's it face, like connection as to why this would influence this to end up showing why the story ends up. So most of the time you just end up at the end of the story, but you're like, you'd even need like 
two or three of these things, which actually ended up leading. This is one of the few shows I can actually remember where I'm like, every single thing was needed. Like in terms of a pacing thing, I'm like, the pacing was fine. Because it's half an hour, I feel like it was way more digestible as opposed to like 45 minute shows. But like the fact that like every single thing I can say, like there's no fat on this thing to where I'm like, yo, you could take it out. Even episode 10, as confusing as I thought it was, I'm like, it's good because it gives us time to kind of, um, kind of to see both of the characters kind of hashing out their beef quote unquote so you kind of need that so even i even though i thought it was a little confusing as to why they did it first i can understand like you need to have that scene in there and now is there a season two is there gonna like they could easily do a season two so but the problem is you're not really gonna have beef anymore you don't know that because for all we know what if like oh, danny really? wakes up oh. and then he doesn't remember any of that because they were like in a poisonous like hallucination That's a you, you know do i don't know no. like it doesn't have to be like a memory loss kind no, of thing but it doesn't but... have to be beef between danny and amy maybe it's beef against i don't know danny and isaac or danny and paul or it just remember the show's called beef. it's not amy and danny's beef it's not called amy versus danny so beef can just be something that just keeps on continuing they could do a season two I don't think every season just has to be beef with new people, though, because that then I know, but it, it becomes gimmicky. Yeah, but you can't just keep doing that. Like, well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where they go with the seasons. I, I think the creator said that he wanted to do it. He had three so, seasons in his mind. So season one is done. So yeah. two more seasons. We'll see how it goes. So, right. But they could easily continue. The only problem is like, where do you go from here? Here's the thing. We don't know what to expect. We haven't known what to expect throughout this entire show. So for all we know, it could take a totally wild turn and we can be on board for it because we're invested in these characters' journeys. I guess it depends when season two will come out. Well, season one just came out like a week or two ago. So you might as well forget about it for for now. Uh, One of the aspects of the show that I really enjoyed was when Amy was catfishing (laughs) his brother, which was so funny. And then I think what was even interesting was like she fessed up to it pretty quickly, right? Because she got caught. But then he still didn't care. And then they still have like a thing going on. Uh, yeah, he did want that. Literally, literally <laughs> I <know> did. <laughs> um, so that was really fun to see because now you get to see Paul not only through um, Danny's perspective, but also from Amy's perspective too. So it's cool because especially by the time you get to episode ten, when they're talking about Paul, even Amy can can chime in because she also does know Paul, and in some ways she got to know Danny through Paul as well. So that also sort of fed into like her. A hate for Danny because Paul hates that's Danny. That's a low blow. Though. I'm not gonna lie, that's a low blow. Why? What do you mean? Why is it a low blow? Messing with the dude's brother who had nothing to do with it. But I feel like when I was watching the show, it didn't feel like she was doing it to get back at Danny. Like she genuinely felt a connection with Paul. Later on, but initially, I don't think she did. No, even initially when she tried to, I think remember no, she was trying. She was creating the whole Instagram account and having starting to talk to him as a bot and stuff. Yeah, but that didn't last long. Like the fake. That's my point. The initial part of it was that was the intent. I know. Yeah, but that wasn't towards Paul. That was towards Danny. Know, but, but then that's, it was. That's a low blow. Like even if I know she liked him later on, but like that's still a low blow. You can't. Do that. No, what? No, but the thing is, even well, when she mess. Can you let me talk for a sec? What happened is when she tried to message that Instagram account, she thought it was gonna be just Danny. She didn't know about a second brother, right? So yeah, she led the second brother on for like an episode or so. But then even she realized that okay, I have a real connection here because here's someone who actually cares about me and is asking me what's wrong. You know, what do I like about my life? What do I hate? And then she does end up forming a genuine connection with him yeah t- uh, yeah i guess so um oh yeah the other thing i was gonna say is i guess the show kind of like does it 
not a, it's not not I was gonna say midlife crisis, but is it's not really a midlife crisis. It's more so these characters just trying to see if someone can love them unconditionally, effectively. Because so far, if you look at it, like even some of the things that were passed on, like um, what was it, Amy, and even her relationship with her daughter, in some ways, it's like kind of conditional. Where it's like you see that through the candy or the the candy and stuff that they keep showing. Where it's like if you do this, I will give you candy. Like a lot of conditional love sort of thing, right? The one thing I think both of them were seeking out is just unconditional love, where it's like, yeah, I'm fucked up. I do all these, I've done all these things, but despite that, will you still love me? And unfortunately, neither of them had gotten that throughout their life. Everything they got, whether like when it was love or admiration or adulation, was done on a conditional basis, or it was a some because someone wanted to get something transactional out of it. So like even like what was it Naomi or whatever? A lot of times she would be nice, but mostly that was because of what Amy had accomplished. Or like um, uh, well Danny, I don't think really had any. I don't think he had anybody. Uh, actually, yeah, Danny didn't have anybody who loved him unconditionally or whatever. So yeah, like um, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, that's an interesting aspect where it's like. Yeah, can you? I guess it kind of goes to us, the viewers. It's like, would you still be able to love someone no matter what they did? And that, I don't know, for some people, that's it depends on who's watching. Some people, it's yes, some people, it's no, depending on what each person does, right? So the fact that I asked those questions, I, I, I liked. So, another thing I want to point out in terms of like the characterizations is I don't. Now, it's been about a week or so since I watched the show. So some, I feel like some of the middle parts are a little bit muddy for me in my head. But as far as I remember the way at least the season ended off, when it comes to such broken characters, to some extent, you get some sort of like a... Backstory. No, not backstory. I mean like some sort of like forgiveness or something in the sense that like they are... They sort of commit to being better people, which I don't know if they do that in the end of season 10. Like uh, in the end of episode... they. Like, they don't, right? Like, they find um, they're able to sort of confide in each other all the things that's messed up and wrong with them. And they finally have that sort of, like, really open no, conversation they, they've been wanting. So you basically are saying that, like, they didn't try to be better people is effectively what they said. Well, they, I don't know if they committed to being better people. What I'm trying to say is that it's different because a lot of the times in different shows, you would have them be like, okay, I'm going to be the better person kind of thing. So it's cool and interesting that they didn't exactly commit that to that yet. Being a better person, I feel like will come in later seasons. Yeah, they could definitely act as the better person. But as of right now, they haven't specifically really committed well, to it. They're just committed to each other's friendship or whatever you want to call it. Their main focus at the end of the season was just to stay alive. Like, yeah, everybody hates both of them. Like, George hates Ali or uh, Amy, and Paul hates Dan Danny. But, like, I don't think they really care because I think the main thing for them is just finding a reason to be alive, quote-unquote, and to actually have something to live for. Whereas, um, like, things like... The, the reality is things like these, these squabbles and stuff, those can be sorted out. As as messed up as it is, as to what's happened to the people around them, it can be sorted out. Like, I think the people will probably start, like they will probably realize and understand. They might not forgive, like, they'll, they won't forget it, but maybe they could forgive them. So, like, those things can happen. But the more important thing is, I don't think the important thing with this season was seeing them become better people. I think the more important thing was just for them to find a purpose to live again. That was number one. And the weird, like, as weird as it is, them having this beef is probably the reason that either of them are either alive right now. Because otherwise... Amy would have probably offed herself with the gun and Danny would have offed himself with the hibachi girls. And even when you look at the end of like the season, because they still have this sort of connection with each other, mm -hmm. 
they don't really sort of I mean, yeah, physically, they don't really succumb to, like, their environment where they're just in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and dying off. Like, to some extent, they still have a reason to live because they found each other and they found somebody who understands how broken and fucked up they are. Okay, so here's my question, then. Um, do you think this will become more than a platonic thing? Um, the way... It could. It, in some ways, because of the way... Because they it's been understand each other on a level that nobody else does. Yeah, and the way they, they've set up like the writing and stuff of the show, there are a lot of rom-com-like tropes mm-hmm. without there actually being the romantic part of say, it. Do you think it can go there? If it does, I wouldn't be surprised. But if it doesn't, I'd also find that very interesting too. Because mm-hmm. to me, I feel like for most of the season, I got like a very sibling kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, you know, two siblings just getting at, like going back and forth, like trying to get revenge on each other, right? Yeah. That's how I sort of related to it. Taken to an extreme. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely taken to an extreme. But um, I don't, if they do that, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be out of left field. But I would also like to see them maybe not, or maybe like prolong it. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes because I don't know whether age-wise too, if they're similar. Not like I think Amy's a, a bit. Kid and all this, but Danny. No, granted, I'm not saying that's the only. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, they're not the same age. I think I think Ali Wong's character is older, supposedly. We can probably, I guarantee you, a quick Google search will give you the answer. But um, I, I like I think they're not the same. I think she's older. Not to mention, um, you know what? Actually, yeah, I think she's older. The reason why is because I remember I remember in flashbacks when they showed 1989 Amy, she looked like she was a teen. They showed Stephen Young's character in 91, and he was still a child. So yeah, definitely, definitely older. Not that age really, you know, but matters all that much. Get the point. They're also in different points in their lives. One hasn't even found a girlfriend, let alone, and this, and meanwhile, the other one is married, has a child. Like she, she, she's like further along in terms of her. But the thing is that, like, if now these two people found each other, like, n- none of that stuff matters as much anymore as them just, you know, hanging on to each other, right? Well. Yeah, I, I I guess to some degree, but it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, I think I'm on the same boat as you. If it hap like, I honestly I want it not to happen because I'd rather have them maintain that sibling thing. But like, if it does happen, I would not be surprised. So. Um, now I really want to talk about episode nine because <laughs> that was the most chaotic and funniest shit that I've seen. Um, like you it was, knew. It was- it was like a. It reminded me of like, was it not speed? It was Point Break, yeah, Point Break, where they literally had all the same masks of like the famous presidents and stuff. With you know, you've seen Point Break, okay? So Point Break, right? They they like it. It's basically Fast and Furious, but like they did the same thing, right? They have masks and stuff. I, I I don't know if that was a reference to that, but that, that was that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, like what I love is that you know, as you're watching the show, that they're building up to like a really crazy climax where to some extent where to some point you know that what they're doing is going to get so out of hand that it's going to be irreversible mm-hmm. episode nine is that and i've seen other people be like up until episode eight the series was fine then episode nine and ten just feel so extreme but i'm like episode nine and yeah i'm like episode nine and ten is exactly what it like that's what's being built up to at that point so it doesn't feel unnatural to me if anything, I just found it really flipping hilarious because you get to a point where, like, you know, they're under hostage and um, Jordan gets killed. And what the hell is that? Ronald Reagan. Oh, Sorry. my God. Uh, for context, I'm showing her um, what the Point Break masks look like. And basically, they're the president. Now, granted, it wasn't the presidents they're wearing. But, yeah, 
It's oh my god, that is so messed up. Yo, like you freaked me out there. I don't know why. What the hell? Yeah, no, they, I wasn't they expecting. Rob, they, they use it to rob the bank, so they're wearing masks. I know, but I wasn't expecting that. I was like in the middle of a train of they thought. They baby. They had a baby driver as well. I know. I've seen these masks before. It's just right now when I was in like oh. a train of thought, it totally broke it because I was so freaked out by looking at it. Um, episode nine. Yeah. So episode nine. I love that it sort of gets to a point where they where um amy and danny have no other choice but to be completely true to themselves yes. especially by the end right yeah. and by doing that they're literally like falling off a cliff as yeah. they're doing that like as they realize that this is the only thing that they have left is their dumb beef whereas everything else in their life has just been collapsed because danny thinks that paul's dead and amy's just lost her husband and child so yeah, i like if they ended it on that you would have a literal and metaphorical cliffhanger it was a little a medical yeah exactly yeah nice 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 yeah because that's what happened they fell off the cliff right so yeah. that's what i'm saying you, you have an actual cliffhanger but now they decide to give episode 10 so whatever um oh the other thing is what i like this show did subversion really well so um the the one that comes to my mind immediately is the whole house burning down like because when the house burned down, so D danny obviously built the house for his family we're coming from korea so like when the house burned down, right? The second it burned down, I'm like, yo, this is either Isaac or this is Edwin or this is Amy or is one of them, right? Because I think because not to mention it's like there's a scene or like there there's a like when you see that scene, they kind of like while the truck is driving away, right? Well, first of all, I don't know. Why did he keep his gate unlocked? He kept his gate unlocked, Danny, right? Like after he bought the house, right? He's like on the phone in his truck driving away, right? I'm like, gate's unlocked. I'm like, you're telling me no one could just break in and just steal stuff? Whatever. Um, and then they start pointing into the trees, right? Like, I'm like, oh, something something in there. Because they like make, you hear like a rustling noise, like someone moving, right? I'm like, oh, shoot, Isaac broke out of jail. That's That was my first thought, right? And the thing is, he actually does get out of jail, but he doesn't break out. Like he just gets bailed out because of the alibi changing their story or whatever so when it, and then when we find out that it was actually him it was danny's fault that the house burned down then i'm like okay that's pretty good because th that at that point i could understand that the writers knew exactly what the viewer was going to think and they went for it and it just sort of drives home that point again that like these people are sort of their own destructions yes that no matter how much they think everybody else is against them and sure like you know luck hasn't been on their side but at the end the root cause has been themselves whether it's the way they think or it's the actions they've taken so i love that they sort of gave you like one more shot at that like that specific point before getting into the craziness of like episode nine and ten right yeah uh a couple more points these are more miscellaneous um first of all Wait, she said she sold her company for what, 10 mil? I think it was like 10 mil, right? I'm not gonna lie, the way they made it seem like it made, they made her company seem like it was like 30, 40, 50 mil or whatever. I don't know, that, that's just a random thought of mine, but whatever. I mean, we're gonna say no to 10 mil. So there's that. Um, the other thing, speaking of money, this show made me hate the, like, the rich lifestyle. I'm like, if this is what being rich is like, it's just constantly going to auctions and like looking at dumbass chairs that literally like a person literally just sculpted their own ass cheeks onto a chair and said yes here you go and it's going to be charging a hundred grand i'm like being rich sounds like the most boring mundane thing you could possibly do you have all this money and all this power and you this, this is what you're wasting it on come on man so i'm like yeah like 
I'm like, if I ever become rich in my life, bro, I can rest assured that I will not be living like this because I will legitimately just sit there. Like, if I do that, I'll be like, I have become way too pompous. But my my thoughts aside on that, I'm just like, this show made me hate the rich lifestyle. I'm like, this is the most boring thing ever. Like, you have all the money. You could go anywhere, do anything. No. The interesting thing is Ali Wong's character didn't really have a friend. She didn't, surprisingly. Like, I guess it's because she's so busy working. But, like, she didn't have a friend. She had family. But she didn't have, like like that one best friend or like those two or three best friends that she could confine in. I guess the same goes for Danny. Yeah, they both didn't really have like a best friend, for example. Like the thing is, Paul, his brother had friends. Like he had kind of like a social life and all that going on for him, right? He had like, he had stuff going for him, right? Whereas Danny, he didn't really seem like he had much of a, um, uh, not socially, but like even just like friends to confide in or like constantly talk his problems to. I feel like if he was there, I feel like he, um, like the only people he had were Isaac, and Isaac's obviously not the best influence. So I, I, I feel like if if they um, had a friend, I'm kind of glad they didn't because I feel like if they did, the beef probably would have been squashed because the friend would have probably held him accountable, be like, "Yo, bro, you gotta chill or slow down," right? But they didn't, right? But that was another interesting thing I found. Just no, no, no friends, no social life. Uh. It, it, well, Al, Amy's just too busy working, and then Danny. Um, I forgot what was Danny's reason. What just? I guess he's just isolated in general. Yeah. So yeah, no, that that was interesting. I guess within themselves, they now have quote unquote friends. But yeah, there's that. Um, what are any other thoughts? I mean, I'm just going through like some of the letterbox reviews. There's one here that says this beef was so raw, even Gordon Ramsay didn't want it. <laughs> Um, and another life i think i would have really liked just getting into a road rage with you which is a reference to that really famous dialogue from everything everywhere where um waymond from like the different universes like in another life i would have liked to do laundry and taxes with you which is like everywhere like that line now um actually speaking of everything everywhere i feel like that final episode was very reminiscent of something like everything everywhere like the rock scene yeah off the cliff when they just have like this moment of like stillness where they're sort of confiding each other about like you know all their trauma and all that kind of stuff um oh i was gonna say a couple other things oh yeah like so obviously this takes place in orange orange county as far as i understand right everybody in this dude i've never been to orange county but is everybody like that in orange county where it's like uh it's just like these like not rich assholes but like it's just i don't know it's just it just comes off very um snobby no, I don't think everybody is like that because there's clearly a distinction, right? Oh, like because the rich people there are snobby as hell. Yeah, but like most rich people are, aren't yeah, they? Sometimes they make them seem like a little bit normal. It's like, okay, yeah, they have money, but like, like the problem is these people. Literally, they said like even Amy's character said, yeah, these people have literally nothing else to do because they're just bored. They have too much money, and they kept on using next door, and I'm like, I don't know, maybe that's some rich people shit. But oh, one of the things I just uh, remembered was that amy she wasn't born rich so there's a couple moments where she actually says yeah, no, you, she yeah where she actually realizes that like she actually like, worked for it like she actually worked for it that's why it's like yeah but at the same time she ended up sacrificing probably her social life to do so so exactly but now she's like sort of realizing that, that this money stuff doesn't matter anyway because look at where my life is i don't care about any of this exactly yeah no you're 100 correct um i was gonna say another thing uh what was I going to say? Yeah. Someone said crazy rich Asians. 
They really are, bro. This is crazy rich Asians, but like actually crazy rich Asians, bro. Um, I like this uh, review just because it sums up like everything, like what we've been trying to say in like a couple sentences. So this show is about ego. Yes. very much so right yes. selfishness and self-obsession yes. even if you hate yourself there's still a self-obsession yes. there that's something i mentioned in one of our previous episodes i think it was the oscars episode as well where even like even if you like hate yourself even if you're depressed it's still a form of narcissism um so yeah this review where it says it's a show about ego selfishness and self-obsession and the silence with anger it brings all stemming from fear and past trauma which makes sense you can always play the victim which is what both of these characters like to do because they're trying to push their load onto other people like it's not me it's him right uh and then you can always hang on just not to be alone and then you can always try to get revenge with against yourself so they're in some ways like the more they keep um having beef with the other person the more they're pushing themselves like further and further and further away from who they used to be right but in some ways that's good because they didn't like who they used to be but it's like if okay yeah like compared to where they were before depressed people it's like yeah they're assholes but at least they're better off than they were and like as weird as it sounds they're better off than they were than when the series started so it's weird it's like giving each other purpose you know it's like batman and the joker or it's like the joker's like you give me purpose or whatever you complete me it's the same thing it's like i might hate your guts but without you my life would be meaningless so that is such a good reference because I was trying to think. I'm like, I know we've seen other relationships yeah, like this done. in the media, but like Batman and Joker is probably the most Obviously prominent one. Trying to kill each other, but like, they are. yeah, they are. By episode ten, they are. Yeah, by episode, episode ten, <laughs> yes. But like throughout the series, they're not trying to kill each other. It's just more so trying to get the upper hand on the other person, right? And that kind of is that dynamic of like the hero and villain. The problem is both of them are the villain. And nobody here the hero. Everybody here, like, the clear... It's not like, oh, Danny's the correct one and Amy's the wrong Well, okay. She's not it, but they're both wrong. Oh, my God. Let it go. No, no, no. This is, my- this is such a sibling thing to do. Um, I, I And you know, when you look at it in some ways, now that you've given me this Batman-Joker lens to look at it, the, it's like they do commit crimes against one another, That's, except they're not they as... Mean, they do, they no, do. but I mean, like, they're not as absurd as you would see in, like, the anim- like Batman the Animated oh. Series, for example. Well, yeah, Batman's not going to get charged for crossing and driving over someone's lawn. I know. But what I'm saying is, it the, the setup is sort of like that. It's there. It's very, like, enemies to friends or enemies to lovers kind of trope which is really really fun it's a good it's a really fun trope to explore and i like that they took the entire season to really do that yeah yeah you can call them frenemies now um, well we don't really know where they're going to be at because by the very last shot like danny's still unconscious why because like of all the, the lights. lights and stuff yeah um i think that was just more of like an artistic thing it was just the fact that like amy was by danny's side while he was still recovering in the hospital and then he hugs her back because remember how she's hugging him in the bed and she's just hugging her back but that's all we know literally on his deathbed the person next to him is his enemy well are they enemies anymore you get my point the person who we thought was his enemy none of his family is there none of his friends are there i'm pretty sure they know that he's in the hospital yet none of them are there paul i understand why he's not there i don't understand why his parents aren't there but whatever well, his parents are back in Korea, remember? Yeah, but like, are they? Yeah, they flew back. Oh. <laughs> but either way, yeah, you're right. I like, like I mean. going to help him buy a house now. She said she would, I think. She remember? Has money now. Like, because she sold the company, right? So she had the money. Yeah. 
Oh. I'm pretty sure she mentioned that in episode 10. That, that She's like, oh, whatever help you need. Like, they were talking about that in the tunnel before George came and shot um, Danny. Which I don't blame him, let's be honest. But he was still looking for her. Like you can tell, he still had. There was still some concern for her, right? Things that are mendable, but the 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 their mental states, those were on the brink of being, uh, like it was it was nearly past the point of no return for both of them. So like that was the more important thing. Like yeah, you you have family and stuff who hates you now, but on the plus side, at least you found a reason to live and all that stuff. That stuff can be mended. Okay. One final thing that I want to point out, I just remember this dialogue because I thought it was so funny and low-key true. What? Western therapy doesn't work on Eastern <laughs> minds. <laughs> that's, that's, Honestly, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, there's some truth to that. They're just different, right? So it makes sense. Like, So this is the Eastern way of like being cathartic and letting out all your trauma? <laughs> no, this is no, it's not, bro. You want to try that? I guarantee you go try this in like India or whatever, like anywhere. Bro, even they'll be like, nah, bro, chill. Like, you would just definitely die. Like, you'd get your ass beat and die. Yes. <laughs> bro, easily. I like that. Even though we're not, like, Eastern Asian, we're South Asian. Like, there's still a lot of Asian intricacies. Haha. A lot of, like, intricacies that only, like, Asians would understand. And people have said, like, even within the show, like, there are intricacies that us as South Asians would never understand. It's because of there's different... um groups within the eastern asian community right like well, like koreans and exactly like like koreans and japanese remember how like um in episode two i think ali was like uh, uh, sorry amy japanese. yeah exactly like there's a whole thing because apparently there is like well beef within those two countries well, like for yeah, their histories like world war one or world war two and all that so yeah not surprised by that so while this even though you have like a predominantly asian cast like they're not meant to just be uh well, oh yeah that was my next point i was gonna say so i like the fact that the show like you could have people who weren't Asian and this show would be the same. Yeah. So they're not trying to drive home the point that, oh, we have Asian characters and stuff. They, they just are which themselves. I like, which I feel like a lot of other TV shows do. Um, and it feels so forced where I'm like, nah, this don't work. Here, on the other hand, where it's like, this just show, it's not an Asian show or it's not an Asian drama show. It's a drama that happens to have Asian people in yeah. it. And I'm like, that's the best kind because this is something that I think, well, as weird as it is, you could relate to whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Asian, whether you're um, brown. It, it doesn't matter. The story universally will appeal, I think, to most people. Because who hasn't gotten in a road trade accident? Now, granted, I don't think anyone's thought of going that far. If you think of going that far, please stop. But um, yeah, my point is that like this story works whether you're... It doesn't matter where you come from or what walk of life you're from. Like the, like, And that's why I appreciate it. See, for me, diversity, I don't mind having it. Like it shows like these where I'm like it's good what I don't like is when it gets forced down your throat for the sake of just having a token character in there where you don't give them any plot you don't give them any development you're just there basically to fill a quota and that at that point it feels like pandering and it feels like it doesn't really A need to be there and B it just feels like a waste of time yeah I agree with that so I like that it, it feels it very the show did it correct yes exactly it feels very very natural um so overall, I want to say in A24, we trust because A24 right. just seems to have such, bangers. right? Like they just keep put knocking it out of the park with all kinds of well, really good movies and stuff. A24 because they don't really do the big movie. Like I feel like the, all we have now are the blockbuster and I love the blockbuster. Don't get me wrong, but I like having a studio that kind of goes against that and does indie movies like this because this is what I'm talking about. Like having a studio that's at least still making mid um mid-budget movies like not like 100 million dollar movie but like 
somewhere in like your 20 30 million or whatever having someone do that we still i, I know at least we're still getting quality movies so i know anytime a24 puts something out, i'm probably gonna be excited so then they do the whale as well yeah so it's just hit after hit after hit at this point you haven't seen the whale but that's not exactly our opinions that we saw in the oscar sure look it won the oscar i'm pretty sure i'll like it no it didn't it only won the oscar for best actor well, Brandon Fraser's good in it. So. Yeah, he is. He is. He's like the best part of the movie. Look, anyways. Will it, be, will, it watchable? <laughs> will it be watchable? Yeah, for sure. At there least one go. time. At least one time. Um, anyways. Um, so, yeah. Final thoughts. Love this show. The more I talk about it, the more I think about it, the more there is to like mm-hmm. and the more there is to sort of digest upon. Yo, so. Right did you cook some? No, you and me. Oh, like that beef. Yeah, okay. We always have beef. What are you talking about? When is it time when is there a time we don't have beef? We even have beef doing these podcast episodes. <laughs> Anyways, um is there any Well done. Oh my god. Anyways, um what kind of do you want to wrap up your thoughts? Anything else you want to say? Yes, let's 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 um bury this beef. Let's go. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know what. Anyways, um thank you to everyone who's been tuning in so far and for anyone who's been tuning into this episode as well um we surprisingly wow about 57 minutes i didn't think we'd have that much to say i don't know okay for whoever has listened for the for the five of you who have listened to our pod um all the last podcasts have been like 90 minutes long i i i was adamant before we started this will not go more than one hour and thank god it is not yeah, this one, I think uh, we were able to get most of our thoughts and um, streams of consciousness, whatever, out. So, yes. whatever, you know what I mean, right? Um, so, yes, thank you very much for tuning in to our review for Beef. Um, join us next time when we will be talking about The Last of Us because we're going to have two very different I'm perspectives. Yeah, catch up, bro. Because um, we're gonna, we're gonna have two different perspectives. We're gonna have the perspective of me, like of someone like me who hasn't played the game and has just watched the show, and then we're gonna have someone like the perspective of from my brother of like a gamer and someone who's watching the show. To be fair, I only played the game once, and that was like years ago. So. I know, but still, like you do know what the plot is, right? So we're gonna have very two very different perspectives for um that review so please do tune into that two tuesdays from now thank you so much once again for listening uh you can find us on all your favorite podcast listening platforms and also on instagram for all the memes possible at post credit club and we will see you next time bye bye